So that means that aliens who show up are going to be one of two types of aliens. They're going to be either Columbus aliens where, you know, they're on wooden ships. Mm-hmm. You know, they had they had to leave. And so they're out there limping in. Then the, the other kind of aliens are the ones who don't actually make the trip because they've mastered space time. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there are the portal aliens. So you're either going to get Nina Pinta Santa Maria. And remember, one ship didn't make it right. Aliens. Or are you going to get space time? You know, you're going to get time lords. Talking to people about dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Welcome to Sure You're Joking. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. Friend of mine came back to visit uh, from D.C. Very excited to have him back. We're recording at my house, and uh, my cat really likes him. I like him, too. Please welcome Dr. Hakeem Olushay. Yeah. <laughs> you asked why I can't do voice acting. That's the reason right there. Like, I need the to be stumble. able to pronounce things. First. All right. Yeah. Oh, dude, I learned how to pronounce things from doing voice acting. So I started oh, yeah. voice acting in the Bay. Here's what I learned how to pronounce. Salmon. Salmon. Before that, it was Salmon. Salmon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Merlot. Merlot? Yeah, really? before that it was Merlot. Yeah, everybody says Mer- Merlot. Yeah, the Merlot, Merlot oh manufacturers God. don't like it when you say <laughs> Merlot. Merlot. Oh, I got one more thing I got to tell you. Yeah. Uh, I met Bill Burr the other night. I was explaining to Matthew about uh, relativity. Uh-huh. And, he, and he's, he's like Im- kind of embarrassing me a little bit because he's like, you have to explain. So we go up to the green room of the improv. Oh he's God. like, you have to explain. Like, And I'm just sitting there trying to do like the uh, like the invariant time and everything, yeah. you know, the proper time calculation. And he's got this. Gr- he like brought graph paper just so I could like draw no this up. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But then okay. Bill Burr walks in. Oh, okay. And he's just like, Bill Burr is kind of like, I won't say anti-nerd, but he is not oh, a nerd oh, at right. all. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's like a blue-collar guy and everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in fact, he has this funny bit, of, like where he says he's had it with. Ner- you remember when nerds oh, were like man. super popular, yeah, especially yeah, in comedy yeah. for and all uh, everything. He was one of the people he like flipped out one time on his uh, podcast. It was like, "I'm sick of nerds." It's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, but it made me sad because I realized I think that's when I knew Trump was going to win. I was like, "Oh damn, the nerd revolution is over." And <laughs> I don't know, man. I think like, nerdism is a swing as ever. It's a swing. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's a swing. swing. Oh, we'll come back yeah. for yeah. sure. It's, it's we'll swing around. Yeah, but yeah. I could tell there was a level of frustration because if it's if yeah. if the you know if one group's always winning, exactly. the other group exactly. is going to get sick of it one yeah. time. Whether yeah. it, dude, I mean, I it think that's what politics is. I think it's oh, yeah. the jocks versus the nerds. You know, mm-hmm. and that's why they gaslight science. Right. 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 Like it's totally on purpose. Yeah. 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 Nerd. I hate you. You're too yeah. smart. What drought. That's, a, yeah, that's right. a, when uh, T-Bone came to California. That was the only he only stopped by once and he went to the to the farmers because that's the more conservative area of California. He's like, and he, there's this clip of him going, what drought? Yeah. <laughs> it's really hey, but what's happening out there today, man? I mean, it's, got, looks, it's looking a little wetter. Oh, yeah. Than it should. It's, yeah. It's raining here yeah. and uh, the drought's over. So, you know, maybe he was wow. right about that. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Well, hey, man, I've been through <laughs> California droughts and not droughts. Yeah. In the past. I mean, um, yeah, me yeah. too. But yeah, it's long-term trends, and I mean, the scientific measurement of the long-term trends is a measurement, right? Yeah. It's an observation. It's a measurement. Yeah. So I don't know how uh, the short-term observations stack up against the longer term. Well, the, at the time he said no drought, it was the end of the drought. And so, like, 
Yeah. There was nothing left. There was no snow melt that year. There was nothing. So, but then we had this wet summer because of El right. Nino. So it was actually kind of predicted. And El Nino just totally switched it around. Gave us, I think it was 20 feet of snow wow. up in the mountains. Dude, and that's I just where remember the flood. Stored. I just remember yeah. the, the reservoir that, you know. That almost flooded. Yeah, exactly. exactly yeah. So that was the problem is that we went from like no water to having more water than the state could handle. Yeah. And in fact, now what they're trying to figure out is like, where, where do we put it? Like they now they realize. Ice. Like we should. Yeah, Freeze it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy who does that in, in, uh, in Tibet. Did you know a that? big underground. Have you seen yeah, this? Yeah, I've The seen guy that. who makes the ice towers? Yeah, that's I've so seen that. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, well, dude, it's a great idea. And if you cover the ice, did you see the uh, people? I think it's Iceland, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It could be Finland or somewhere where there are glaciers. They mm-hmm. were covering them to because the, it's the sunlight, not the temperature that melts them. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, so put them in shade, even. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they, just, they were just laying blankets on them or something. I don't know. It was something along those lines. Oh, speaking yeah. of uh, speaking of gaslighting scientists. Um, the president of Finland came and met with Trump mm. and they were talking about the climate, right? Cause it's Finland. And I thought it was really funny. I felt like they got along really well and everything. Yeah. Like, cause I think people are learning like, Oh, if you just compliment him, he'll leave you alone or something. Um, anyways, I, but I thought it was really clever. Cause he's sitting, somebody even asked like, did you guys talk about climate change and stuff? And instead of saying like, yeah, we talked about climate change. He did this little thing where he's like, well, we talked about um, dark particles landing on snow which I guess is a problem also that comes from burning coal and stuff. Oh my goodness. Because it, it takes, you know, a little bit of specks of coal dust or whatever, any kind of pollution, and then the snow melts much faster at the surface. Oh, I see. But I felt like what he was really doing was kind of like guiding him into like explaining how climate change works. You know, oh, this, I see. You know, where it's like, uh, he was taking one imagine, step at a time. Yeah, yeah like yeah. now imagine right. you can't see the yeah. particles. Yeah. And it's it's in the infrared. Right, know, right. The- I mean, but you know what? That's exactly, so I play, I've always played a game with my classes when it comes to the issues of teaching evolution and teaching um, the Big Bang. Like anything controversial or? Well, yeah. And, 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 and so yeah. what I do is I take a poll at the beginning and I ask them how many believe, how many disbelieve in this particular theory, right? Mm-hmm. And then I... I, uh, conf- I, I was Are you even allowed to do that? I would think that's like you're not allowed. Dude, <laughs> I am not. I, I'm not the guy who follows the rules, right? Okay. I mean, I follow right. the the rules of like principles, you know, of, of you know, right principle. But uh-huh. as a as a university professor, I think it's my job to challenge your thinking, yeah. right? And I think yeah, it's, you absolutely. know, yeah. And I think you know, I mean, if you look at the Socratic method and things like that, you know, where the they use it in the law schools right the top law schools and a part of it is actually embarrassing you right and uh-huh. so you, you know <laughs> making you feel bad you know can sometimes be a tool to re, to unleash and release you know thoughts that you otherwise weren't going to have but anyway what i ask them is do they believe or do they disbelieve but then i ask them okay do you understand and then i'll make a mention of a technical aspect of it. So for example, with the Big Bang, I'll say, do you understand early universe nucleosynthesis? And you know, of course they haven't heard of it, right? Mm-hmm. Then I'll ask them, do you understand the cosmic microwave background radiation? And you'll have a few who will have heard of it, but then I'll ask them, okay, well explain acoustic oscillations to me or baryon acoustic oscillations. <laughs> and of course they know nothing about it. Then I'll ask them to, do you understand Hubble expansion, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll, even more, oh, we know the universe is expanding. So I'll say, okay, we'll, we'll explain co-moving coordinates, right? So to show that you actually don't know anything about it, uh-huh. right? And so you're associating- Because everyone is so into the like, I'm for it or against it, yeah, with, exactly. in the abstract. Yeah, and they, and and they, and they create usually in their mind. Yeah, they create in their mind an answer for what that word is. When they hear that word evolution, boom, this is what it is. But when you actually don't know anything about it, mm-hmm. whatever you're associating it to be, 
you're guaranteed to be wrong, uh-huh. right? Of, of all, because there's an infinity of possibilities, and you actually don't know. So uh-huh. you know, and so what they think is humans, you know, monkeys becoming humans, right? That's what <laughs> you know. <laughs> and with big, the, the Big Bang, you know, people envision some sort of explosion, right? Of of matter that creates the universe. And when it's presented like that, it it does just feel like if that's all you know about it and it's yeah. just like look this is our story this is their story exactly it does really feel like yeah this yeah. is just some other story they came up yeah with, it's the know, difference between than... a court of law mm-hmm. and science right in the court of law it's you know it's like okay here are the it's not like science in science we we take a look at the situation and we take a look at all the data mm-hmm. and everybody weighs in on what the data means and mm-hmm. the expert and the, and the world top folks weigh in on it. Everybody weighs in on it. You have all these people, and it's and it's sort of like a histogram, right? And and you get the big peak of okay, here's the, here's the right answer. In a court of law, you have the same information, but now you and I make arguments to a, to this group of people who are non experts, mm-hmm. and whoever they choose to believe, okay, you're right, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, because you came up with the best poem or right, right. the most you're clever in... turn of thought. You know, yeah, and, like convincing versus. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's a huge problem. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a it's a it's a big difference. But again, you know the 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 systems it, when it when it comes down to uh, political power in various realms, you know the the ultimate weapon of the more powerful is gaslighting you. You yeah. know the data yeah. isn't what it is. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. And you go into the just the whole post fact post truth everything because that you. It's easier to be convincing by having the funny argument or the, you know. The, yeah. Yeah. It's even, it even I mean, to the, the degree of gaslighting, it just makes me think about when they say, you know, when people looked at black people in this country and were like, you're, they're not even humans. Right. I mean, like how, how much of a gaslighting is that? Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> like, yep. It looks like a human. Right? It's not like, <laughs> they're but they're like, not actually humans. You know, yeah. And the same thing, the same thing with women. I mean, you know, I've worked with so many super amazing women in, in science and, you know, as administrators and these sort of things. And I'm just thinking about this world where, where they were like, no, get your little brain over there in the kitchen. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's nuts. Right. Which also like always weirds me out too. Like if you're so convinced that somebody can't do as good a job, why do you need to generalize anyway? Why can't you just be like, "Look, I'm not going to make an assumption about you," and then you know, put you in a category? I'm like thinking like yeah. like with equal pay with women. Yeah. Like a lot of people, are, there's a lot of. It's very easy to be controversial now, where you just say like, "Oh, women just are never going to be as good at math" or something. But it's it's such a weird thing. It's like. Even if that were statistically true, why would that mean that this particular individual? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. And and I was trying to explain that uh, that's I think a huge problem in academia is like, especially at a place like uh, like Caltech or Stanford, MIT, like nobody there is normal. Like (laughs) everyone there is already on the tail of some bell curve of some sort, and so even the concept of like trying to like to to like. Put Say people little bins right. or something yeah, yeah, uh, is it's like already a huge waste of time, and it, it's it and it's uh it's so noticeable. I think like nerds kind of get that. I think like when they're pretty good at, I don't know, like pretty good at like when you start talking to each other, you get a good sense of. But I think that that's it, right? Story. When you start talking to each other, when people actually talk to each other, then magical things happen, right? And we our yeah. individual humanity and our individual dignity is seen, and and you know. Like even me, man, when I, when I like today, you know, I'm a guy, I treat everybody the same. Right. And so as a, as a mentor, uh, you know, you come to my research group and you see everybody there. It's not like, 
I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, you know, my father's ancestors suffered uh, slavery at the hand of white Americans, so I'm not going to mentor white American male. You know, it's not like that. I have a ton mm-hmm. of white dudes and everybody else, right, in my, in, in, in my group. But I tell you this, when I left, uh, before I got to know people, Right, and I lived in a world where the only window was through things like the police, somebody coming looking to get a vote, or somebody coming to pick up insurance money. You know, you weren't. It was a different thing. You know, it was mm-hmm. a, you know, and so it's it's the real connection with humans that. So you had like a transition when you went to Stanford to well, have it, that. Happen? It wasn't just at Stanford. It's, it began before Stanford, right? Because I ended up, you know, I was going to summer research programs, mm-hmm. right? And the thing about it is, is that the very first one I went to at the University of Georgia, that summer I spent hanging out with white guys. Right, so I went to all black college, all black high school, all black middle school. Right, and that's because these dudes, you know, we were interested in the same things. You know, and they turned me on to Pink Floyd and <laughs> You're like, what is this? And Led Zeppelin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, that frisbee that that's just the ring you can throw it like a quarter mile. Yeah, that's yeah, what we spent the summer doing. Now, but check this out. Of that as a white guy thing, that's hilarious. Well, that's what they they turned me on to it. But check this out. At the same time. Walking down the street near the university, the University of Georgia in Athens, Georgia, people regularly, regularly, I mean, it was several times a week, would yell racial epithets at me out their window or throw things at me. Like, that Jesus. happened regularly. So I have these two experiences, right? Uh-huh. So the, the the thing is, is to recognize that that guy is that guy and that guy is that guy, uh-huh. right? And when you get to know people, then you get to, to, to know that, oh, you know, these whole group of people here aren't scary or evil or bad, no matter what they are. Yeah, right? yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, hey, <laughs> that man. Thing. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Oh, I got some more, but I can't put it out there until right. years from now. You know, I'm yeah. on my deathbed, like, oh, let me tell you what really happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it used to be like hacky sack was the canonical white well, guy thing. Well, when I, I w- yeah. when I went to Berkeley, summer '91, right. I was introduced to hacky sack. I was introduced to hacky sack, Thai oh, right. food, you know, this Korean alcoholic beverage. I was hanging right. out with this Korean cat. You guys want to go get boba? Let's yeah. go get boba. <laughs> well, that took many years later. I didn't. I wasn't introduced to boba man till like 2002 uh-huh. yeah <laughs> oh and a uh, big thing here i bet i just not in dc yet but like california is exploding with po- uh pokey houses oh yeah i, and I, I recognize I, that when i was here last yeah, time, and, yeah. I, and i love pokey because uh i yeah. used to live in hawaii or, or to work there i didn't live oh, okay. there but i used to uh work in hawaii so i was just like i was so excited when it got yeah. here but uh i've been told already that like a lot of hawaiians are mad because it's i guess it's oh. it's not just that it's like it's their appropriation but i think yeah oh. i think they're worried that it's like one is being done wrong or something, uh, and then the other is that you know drives down tourism in Hawaii. I imagine because oh, it's like, hey, that's like one of our things. That's yeah. true. When I went to Hawaii, I'd always get wow. excited about being able to buy what? it just at the store. I mean, you know, I don't know any backstory, but I, I was introduced to Pokey when I came here to LA for 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 a few months last year, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm thinking about their, you know, does it better defeats did it first. <laughs> and when it comes, I'm not saying they're making pokey better. I do believe in the authenticity of food because I'm from New Orleans originally, uh-huh. right? So you know, it's you know, New Orleans food is the greatest in the world. And you go anywhere else and it says New Orleans food, it tastes good, but it's not New Orleans food. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It's, it's, it's New Orleans like food, right? Uh, but the thing about it though is that you know New Orleans food. You know, you know New Orleans food is associated with New Orleans. I didn't know that pokey was a Hawaiian thing. So they're branding. You know, they they had they did. They, They're not even uh, attaching it with Hawaii. That might be part of the thing that's making people mad too. It should it's be like, making them mad because it's it not being be. sold as Hawaiian food, yeah. which was a thing before. Now yeah. it's just like, oh, pokey is its own thing. So like, you know nobody, what, man? Nobody forgets sushi is Japanese. I've never heard of anybody. Doing right, that. you never forget sushi uh, is Japanese. That's well, right. my my cousin thought it was Chinese, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's totally separate. Oh my thing. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that was another thing I learned when moving to the Bay. You know, the the and you know what? I tell you this too. Like I never took a geography class. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize how much geography I didn't know until I started traveling a lot, right? And then when I traveled to places, now suddenly I have a reason to know, uh-huh. right? And that's so like then most I, Americans don't know any geography. Yeah, so then I had to learn. <laughs> then I learned the maps, right? Mm-hmm. I learned the continents based on the fact that I was going to them and I was paying attention, right? Right. Uh, it's probably like a quarter of the U.S. thinks Africa is a country. Is my guess. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Europeans make fun of well, us there is for a that country kind of called thing. South Africa, so it's that's a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. But I tell you this, man, I remember being a kid. So I'm, I was a kid, and this year I was in Mississippi. I lived in a different city, a different place every year, right, up mm-hmm. to the age of 13. So this year was the 9, 10, fourth grade, right? I was in Mississippi, and the adults got into an argument. And the issue was, do we live in America, North America or do we live in South America? <laughs> right? Do you understand uh, why that would be confusing in Mississippi? Because uh, you're in the South. You're in the South. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so point. I was a little smart, book smart kid, right? I'm a little book, the nine year old, come, what's the, you know. So I come over there and I gave the answer. So uh-huh. think that resolved it? No. <laughs> no. They <laughs> don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I got in this weird argument as a kid with, uh, with my friend's uh, parents where they were like, like they, they back then remember there was like a like a myth that if you drill down you go to China you right, know, China yeah, syndrome course, yeah. and everything like every that. every nerd knows now right. that's not true. right right well but yeah. so they I, I knew that at the time yeah. but anyway they were what like what are those called antipodes yeah antipodes yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but that that's not what she was doing anyway so she was yeah. in there and she's following the line because I told her it's like oh actually it's not China like I right. was being a smartass I was got in a lot of trouble doing that but yeah, I was all, like actually it's the Indian yeah. Ocean it's the other side of the world and she's like oh my, no that's not right and she brushed she brought a, a globe but she kept like just tracing the latitude over right. i'm like yeah but, yeah but that's not the other side of the world and she just wouldn't yeah, have it that, and that I, line does not go through the center of the earth right and i remember yeah. i just got so mad and then like i had to leave and then my dad was like well that's what they like, mean then you they shouldn't mean, argue with grown-ups or something i was like but she was so wrong it right. didn't make sense how old like, were you when that happened uh probably like about nine or ten oh, something dude, like that. yeah. see that's the thing when we were talking about nerds that's why they you know listen i had the exact same thing happen i was in the all-state band the mississippi all-state band junior in high school summer between junior and senior year and we're taking a bus from mississippi to san francisco where the competition parade is going to be mm-hmm. right would you play i play the tuba i never told awesome. you about my stanford tuba th- you might have yeah dude my stanford no. tuba is famous that's awesome. Oh, it's a BuzzFeed article. It's in, it's in BuzzFeed. I okay. show it to you. Yeah, I'm going to tweet that out. Yeah. yeah. No, don't tweet that out. All right, I won't yeah, tweet that out. You just got to let people look it up themselves. <laughs> That's so, a good idea. <laughs> so check this out. So check this out. At a certain point, you cross the continental divide. Uh-huh. And some yeah. kid says, oh, what's the continental divide? And this other kid goes, oh, that's the line that divides the continent in half. And nerd me speaks up. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's the waters east of the continental divide f- flow into the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic, and the waters west flow into the Pacific. Uh-huh. And they argue me down, right? I'm the nerd who knows what he's talking about. And then what happens is they decide, let's ask the adults, right? Uh-huh. And what do you think they said? That the, the kid was right. Yeah, yeah. yeah the kid was right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> You know, what could I do, right? But I knew, even to this day, that was 1984. <laughs> to this day, I haven't let it go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My science teacher in sixth grade uh, told us, asked everybody if sharks were fish, and then uh, then said, nope, you're wrong, because some of the kids were like, yeah, they're fish. And so they're like, no, they're mammals. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you say that? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, that I'm was just your like school? My hand goes up. <laughs> 
<laughs> she was oh so my mad. Goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Because I think she had just heard that like they weren't you know full fish because they have a you know they don't have a full vertebrae but yeah like wrong conclusion <laughs> right oh man so, so vertebrae wait let me tell you something else on the same topic all right so there was something i realized in the process of graduate school and i found it to be pretty deep right and that was the difference between knowing something and not knowing it mm-hmm. right that you have to actually confirm something to be true right to actually know it yeah right and uh Rather than so, just someone telling you. Yeah, or, rather, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Or hearing it on the news or uh-huh. you know, things like that, right? So uh, now there's a consequence to that, to, to, to gaining that understanding. That is, I know when I don't know. Right. Right? Yeah. So uh, there's something I started telling people to save time. That's got to be a really good professor, too. Yeah, but let me yeah. tell you what happened. Right. Not every professor gets that. And so I had this, let me tell you this. I, I, there's something I saved I think is funny. Right, and I said it to my faculty colleagues at a faculty meeting, and they didn't find it very funny. <laughs> I cracked up, but they they were like, <laughs> "Right." But here's what it is. All right, I know what I know when I don't know. Therefore, if we're arguing a point of fact, you're wrong. <laughs> it's a guarantee, right? Why would I argue it? Because if I don't know it, I know that I don't know it. That's the thing, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, you see, you're not, you're not. You're, I don't quite get it. <laughs> you know, listen, man. If I know that I don't know, uh-huh. when I, 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 right, I know when I don't know, I, because I, the things I know is because I verified them to be true, mm-hmm. right? So if a topic comes up and we're arguing over it, a point of fact, I would only do that if I know that I know, uh-huh. right? Rather than just argue about it for because I think I know, right. or I yeah. heard it, or, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. So, so the, if we're arguing, by definition, you're wrong. We could just stop. Ah, right. Then yeah. Why argue if you don't know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, clearly yeah, yeah. you don't know that you don't know, uh-huh. right? Yeah. <laughs> I know that I know, and you obviously don't. Right? <laughs> so. One of my favorite things about my advisor was that he was so good at just saying when he didn't know something, he just say, "I don't know." You yeah. Know, it wasn't. It, you know, he was totally yeah, secure man. enough to do that. Yeah. And same here. That dude. is. Uh, that's not usual. Yeah. Well, you know what, man? For me, I, when I when I showed up at Stanford, you know, it's a world. It was a world where. It's a different language, right? The scientific language is a different language. And so I was living in a world uh, that, you know, it wasn't that. It wasn't, you know, we are not an intuitive species with an intuitive language, the the world of science. And so people are using a lot of words I didn't understand. And, you know, sometimes, you know, because of embarrassment, you'll just let it pass. Like I remember I was, I was, I went to Berkeley, right? And I was working on an early version of CDMS for Bernard Satellite, right? Mm -hmm. And people were using the word attenuate. And I had no idea what the word attenuate meant, right? And so, man, I went I went through the summer. I never asked anyone. <laughs> I didn't look it up. There was no internet at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I got to Stanford for graduate school that, that fall, the word came up again. So I asked about it. What does, what does attenuate mean, right? And so I very quickly got to the point where I've realized that ignorance is not a crime, right? Mm-hmm. Most people don't know most. Th- I mean, if you take all there is to be known uh-huh. and subtract from it what the most knowledgeable human who ever lived uh-huh. knew, it's huge. It's still the same <laughs> yeah. thing, yeah, right? right? You subtracted zero from uh-huh. it, right? So ignorance is no crime, right? So at th- from that point forward, I would always just feel really easy saying, I don't know, and saying, stop. What does that mean, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think it's a, uh, you know, it, it's almost a super weapon, even though it's so simple, 
Yeah. Well, because one thing, you're, you're seldom caught arguing something that later turns out to be wrong. <laughs> it's easier to not get uh, embarrassed by it. It's so frustrating, though, is that like arguing with anybody nowadays has just completely changed because everyone just asks their phone. You don't even have to type it into your yeah. phone anymore. Right. You just ask Siri, and then yeah. whatever that is, is I, I think that's that might be part of what's driving this like this contempt for facts and knowledge yeah. and that kind of thing is because it really is... Um, it is really kind of frustrating because sometimes just because you see it on the internet, even if from a reputable thing, it doesn't mean yeah. that that is not the fact at the you moment. You know what, man? You know? I felt exactly like that up until a few days ago. And let me tell you what happened. Uh, the University of Rhode Island has an honors colloquium series. And mm -hmm. this year it's on origins. And they asked me to be the, the, the first speaker and discuss the origins of the universe. But not just the origins of the universe, but the origins of the universe all the way up until now. Right? And so the way I, I approached it was is, you know, I divided it, the universe into different phases. It was, you know, the first three minutes, right? Then the primordial fireball phase between the first three minutes and, uh, re, you know, hydrogen recombination. Mm -hmm. Then galaxy, you know, dark, large-scale structure. Years, something like that. 380,000 yeah. years. Mm -hmm. Large, excuse me, large-scale structure formation, the formation of galaxies, the formation of stars and planetary systems, formation of our planetary systems, formation of Earth. Then I went into the history of life on Earth. Right now, I ran out of time, but I could have continued on with the evolution of humanity's knowledge about the universe. Right, mm -hmm. starting with the uh, you know Mesopotamians and Egyptians and what they accomplished, moving forward to the Greeks and then the hi there kitty, <laughs> and then then going into the the Hindu, you know, the Gupta dynasty and the golden age of the of the Hindus and the Muslim society, Islamic scholars, and you know, and into the Western Europe and European um, development. But then I realized. You know, so I'm talking to this audience. I think they say the place fit like a thousand, right? And I think we take it for granted, right? Because you have this, you've been an expert as Kevin Peter Hickerson, PhD, Caltech, right? You've been an expert for so long and you have all this knowledge and now you see everybody has Google and you think you're still, oh, we're all kind of co-equal now, but people still value your knowledge because think about it. How many people really can, because I've studied the history of humanity's development of knowledge from a grass is just been a pa is, that's been a passion right studying galaxy formation as planet formation and star formation and cosmology like how many people know the entire thing mm -hmm. right there's a yeah. few people right there's right. very few people so you know those of us who do you know yeah, but i visited uh um the lhc one yeah. of the things that was really obvious that everyone told me they're like no one here knows how this entire machine works. Like yeah. that's how complicated it is. It's right. Like, you, yeah. you know, there's people who know a big chunk of their right. system. They spent their entire yeah. life, but there's yeah. no, if, you know, if, if only one person was left from the collaboration, uh, you know, they, they would not be able to <laughs> yeah. rebuild this thing because wow. there's accelerator people, detector right. people, physics people. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just a little subset. I mean, these are the smartest people in yeah. the world well, and it's a out. little do subset you know, of how everything works. Do, nowadays. do you know, you uh, Andy Howell? No. Okay, so Andy Howell is a supernova guy. He's at Las Cumbres Observatory, but we were postdocs together at like Berkeley. Like he, he blows up at parties or ah! something? <laughs> <laughs> no, he studies supernovae and dark <laughs> energy. Uh, but anyway, we were both postdocs at Berkeley working for the Supernova Cosmology Project, right? And Saul was there. And, and he said this to me early. He's like, yeah, one of the things that really impresses me about Saul is he's one of the few people who really understands deeply the theory, he understands the, the the detectors and the you know and the instruments, he understands the analysis and you know all the systematic uncertainties are throughout all of them, uh, and you know, every aspect of it. So it happens, 
<laughs> right? Because yeah. there were the, there was the theory group. I was in the hardware uh-huh. group, right? There were the analysts, there were the observers, right? So, you know, it happens that there are people that, you know, I don't think it, I don't think with the LHC it it's happens. just too big. It's just too big. There's <laughs> just, just too, too much. much. Yeah. I mean, it physically it, takes too long to walk around it. That's the problem. Yeah, and, and there are so many technologies. A telescope yeah. is a different matter, yeah. right? Yeah. The chain yeah, yeah. from photon enters telescope aperture to I have a data point is uh-huh. a lot shorter. <laughs> then, then you know collision occurs uh, i mean just getting the collision it, it starts at you know generating the particles and accelerating them right <laughs> uh you did you excited about cassini at all did you do anything for that or i did yeah. the uh the science cast on science at nasa i, I narrated it oh sweet <laughs> yeah all right but, but no i, did, I have Are you not sad uh I have a funny story about that. Um, So I I saw it when I was in high school being built JPL and uh, I was signing, they had a book that you could sign. They're going to scan it and put on a CD and it was going to be, at the time they said it will be there for millions of years or whatever, which is obviously not true because it's getting It was on Cassini? Yeah. Yeah. They put the, the, they were going to take this CD of thousands and thousands of people. It was like the modern version of the golden record, but a lot lighter. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I was wondering. More data, less mass. So this is so so corny, but this, so this is 95, I think that this was being done. And so everyone thought they all had the same joke. Like they all thought they were original and OJ Simpson's name is like written like probably thousands of times because on each page, everyone thought they were the first person to think of that because it (laughs) because of the open house where they had this was just like days after the, I don't know, the verdict or the the white. So they wasted their signature. So now like now what's on Cassini is uh, (laughs) OJ Simpson's name like like 200,000 times. The the Saturnians are going to be like, oh, speaking of (laughs) speaking of Saturnians. So here's something I realized. So. Uh, we've taken a census of exoplanets and got some statistics on their occurrence, mm-hmm. right? And so there's two trends that are unexpected. One is how common super-Earths are, mm-hmm. right? And the other is how common internal oceans are, yeah. right? Yeah. So well, what does this mean? a lot of that's mean? just from our own solar system. Even our own solar system, right? blown my yeah, mind but away. Here's what, but here's what this means. Whenever the aliens come, there are always these spindly creatures, uh-huh. Right, they're skinny and long. Right. That's not what they would be. The ones from the uh, super Earths would be incredible hulks, uh-huh. right? And probably smaller because of yeah, the, the yeah. their weight. Exactly, they'll be small, powerful beings, right? right? right. Just like uh-huh. little, yeah. And then <laughs> well, here they'd be hulks. There they might still be, yeah. You know, here they'll be powerful, yeah. right? But uh-huh. there they'd just be walking, <laughs> or or they have to be water. Land, well, dwelling. that's it. That or they're going to be the water aliens, yeah. right? But then there's another aspect of aliens that I realize. So I, it, it, it made sense to me a long time ago that, well, look, you know, the the everything is so far apart. There's nothing you can get when you go to another planet that's that's worth the cost of the journey, mm-hmm. right? So that means that aliens who show up are going to be one of two types of aliens. They're going to be either Columbus aliens, where you know they're on wooden ships. Mm-hmm. You know, they had they had to leave. And so they're out there limping in. Right. Mm-hmm. Practically like half their crew died or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because they're, just... they're not like some super advanced civilization, because if you're super, you know, that there's you would not do that. Right. You would not make a, a ship and fly mm-hmm. around to other stars. It just cost too much. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm also hoping that we're more valuable as being left alone in a way you know i'm, I'm getting more mm-hmm. hopeful about that wait let me the, finish let me finish the right, thought right all right so all right. <laughs> but but then the, the other kind of aliens are the ones who don't actually make the trip because they've mastered space time mm-hmm. right and so they're the portal aliens so you're either going to get nina pinta santa maria 
And remember, one ship didn't make it, right? Aliens, or you're going to get space time, you know, you're going to get time lords. Mm. <laughs> but what about, uh, like, uh, like ecologist aliens, you know, who are just like, who see a planet like Earth and like, oh, that's a system we like, we just want to leave it alone because we want to just like look at it and... You know, but it's we're cool talking about the see, transportation you know? problem. So, suppose uh-huh. you find it. Suppose we're here and we observe. Oh, there are some planets over there that are that have life. What are we going to do? Are we going to decide to? Oh, let's now build starships and go visit those mm-hmm. those planets. That you know the the starship problem is an incredibly difficult problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I, I guess what I mean is what I'm what I'm happy about finding more like super earths and oceans and is that in the fifties and in the sixties, a lot of the, you know, fear of aliens was driven by like, uh, you know, this idea that they're going to come and steal our resources, which, right. you know, there's plenty of historical evidence for that, but that's because that's you know, pretty human our, story. Oh, no, no, our yeah. human story, but that's because we're kind of all on equal footing here on yeah. earth. It's like, you know, there's people everywhere and there's resources everywhere. What I'm kind of happy about is it's looking more and more like the, the universe is filled with, exactly all the resources on earth you know all the metals and water and stuff like yeah. that but that at least we're getting less and less common i mean there's no cities on on enceladus or something like that right, right. so i'm getting a little bit more hopeful like oh look there's four times more water orbiting saturn so you know nobody's gonna it's not like the we aliens have, have to, to take ours they might go like yeah. oh no no the you know yeah, we'll, that's a good we'll point. just you know we're gonna take a resource from there but we'll leave these guys alone that's sort yeah. of meant by the right. ecology i'm yeah. hoping there will be like more like people who are just like no we want to yeah. preserve those systems for yeah. their other value right or, like or for their knowledge or yeah. something you know something speaking, about of, speaking of that too man so the other thing i realized is how lucky we are because uh there are more internal oceans in our solar system than there are surface oceans right there's mm-hmm. only two planets with surface liquids and so we're really lucky to be on a planet that has water such that it can have life but yet we have a a sky rather than a crust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I was, so we can uh, examine the rest of the universe. I was wondering like how many, uh, did you see the eclipse? Yeah, man. I was Dude, in Casper, Wyoming. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I went yeah. to Idaho. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I took the kids and they loved it. Oh man. Yeah. Great. Um, but it always made me wonder like when I saw that in particular and just other things, like the fact that we have a moon, I was wondering how much that would drive intelligence, you know, just to, like, what is the thing when you're sitting there developing brains on another planet, when is it like that's that's the part that makes you start, you know, going from just like, you know, I'm, I'm foraging for for berries and like just trying to eat the next animal. I wonder how much of a role that plays in it, because it's like, hmm. you know, it's just, you know, seeing that up there makes, you know, it just immediately makes even very ancient cultures start to think like, oh, we got to be motivated to like yeah. figure out what, what that is, is or go that way. Whereas to... if there was no sky, if you're just covered right. all the time, yeah, yeah, that might not be, you know, exactly. it might not be appealing. Yeah, you might go in the other direction. Right. We got yeah. the core. Yeah. Right? That's what, <laughs> exactly. that's what yeah. the energy is coming from. Right. Yeah. Right. Chemo, There's more chemo down synthesis. There than... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's where that's where the interesting stuff is. That's where life originates from. If it's like you know, like Enceladus or something, tidally flexed heating and mm-hmm. chemosynthetic life system. Yeah, and uh, Cassini did one more flyby. He got another one of these uh, plumes. Very exciting. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was one of their last things. And then they took a picture of uh, Titan. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've been traveling, man. I, I, I'm so disconnected from what the rest of you humans are doing. <laughs> Or you've yeah. been traveling just in the U.S. or other countries? Yeah, no, just the U.S. Just the U.S. recently. Yeah. Okay. Just one off here and there and everywhere. So so since Casper, right? So I was in Casper. Then I went from there to Florida, drove my U-Haul back up to D.C., right? Uh-huh. Then just went to Rhode Island. Now I'm here. Have you gone to, uh, have you gone to Houston? 
uh, I haven't been to Houston since the flooding. My sister lives in Houston. They were fine. So it's, oh, that's it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I have a house in Florida. It survived well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. northern Florida? Or no, in, in on the east coast, Melbourne, Florida, where uh, Florida Tech is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear that that survived. So I was listening to the last episode cause we, that I recorded a week ago, and we put it out today for Cassini, and... Um, it was funny as I mentioned the coming in hurricane, but oh. I didn't know its name yet. And I was like, yeah, we just, so Houston already flooded. I'm like, yeah, and yeah. there's even another one coming. And right. I was like, and sure enough, it, it showed up. Wow. Yeah. Well, Jose seems to have parked, right? Yeah. So it's not, it's not coming to show. Yeah. There's a yeah. uh, really beautiful pattern of when the hurricanes get this resonance going. I don't mm. know if you saw, but they're no. like, you can see there's this great website where they show the wind patterns of mm-hmm. the earth and it's just like there's coming out of senegal right yeah. at the boundary between the sahara and the atlantic the, the, uh the atlantic well it's the sahara the atlantic and the tropical forest uh, right all meet at one spot right. and just this dust comes off and right. it gets heated and it starts these little vortices oh, yeah, the and they just flows. they were all spaced even it was like yeah. it was like yeah. harvey and irma and yeah. uh Jose and Jose all yeah. just equally and spaced was there too. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that and, one I guess doesn't hit anyone. So, so check this out. So uh, you know how it is in our field. You, you, you got to go in. Um, got to attend the conference in your field. Uh-huh. So when I was doing um, uh, flight hardware, right, I would attend uh, something the ESPN conference. What is it? Remote sensing from space. Mm-hmm. That's what it was called, right? And so one year it was in the Canary Islands. So I had recently gone to Hawaii for the first time, right? So mm-hmm. this is my idea of islands. <laughs> <laughs> and man, I remember seeing it from the air, and it just looked like a pile of dirt in the, in the ocean. I was like, what the heck is going on there? And I landed, and it was scorching, right? Yeah. And, I, and then it struck me. I was like, oh, we're just offshore from the Sahara Desert. You know? <laughs> yeah, man, I got the worst sunburn of my life. It's a great story. Let me tell you what happened, right? So it had the hugest... They, they, they said it was the largest pool in Europe, mm-hmm. right? It was one of these infinity pool deals. I don't know. You know, the Canary Islands is owned by Spain, but, I mean, it's off the coast of Africa. So, uh-huh. I don't know about biggest pool in Europe. But, <laughs> anyway. It's like the Netherlands. Part of the Netherlands is in the Caribbean. So yeah, weird. Wow. Yeah, yeah, right? Uh, Netherlands West. Yeah. So, uh, I go out to the pool, and I'm wearing my American big shorts down past the knee. Right. And all the other dudes are wearing like Speedos and little tight Euro (laughs) short things. So I decide to go to the uh, gift shop and uh, buy some, you know, like little short things. Right. Little tight short things. So I put them on, but it doesn't occur to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, When in Rome. Exactly. But it does not (laughs) occur to me. In this case. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Africa, Spain. So it, it does not occur to me that I need to put sunscreen on my thighs. (laughs) <laughs> all right and i'm in a like i'm in the sahara essentially right yeah so i lay down there man and i fall asleep dude and i get like you know one square meter sunburns on each thigh like horrific yeah yeah man it was oh, crazy my cat likes you i think yeah animals like me animals and, and babies and toddlers really mm-hmm. like me well, also, this is your couch, so you probably you hey, it familiar. looks good, man. You, and you yeah. have kids, yeah. Like, they yeah. love it. I love it. Thank you very much. It's yeah. great. Yeah, um, twenty-eight thousand dollar couch here. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just moved my office out here, so oh. it's pretty nice, actually. I like yeah. it better. I like it. I should have done that a long time ago. There's all my nerd books. We're gonna. Oh, so it yeah. makes a good background. So that wasn't there some... before. Nope. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it does look great there. Yeah, and we, and we got the, uh, dude, the planets up that there. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah you got, got some African art? Yep. Dude, and you got your ancient scholar? <laughs> this is yep. pretty dope. Yeah. yeah kind of how so, I would do it. But, you know, <laughs> how I'd want to do it. You uh, know, my, my PhD advisor, he, can, he collected old maps. Uh-huh. Yeah. For some reason, you know, I collect books. I collect African art. Well, I did for a while, right? But I've never collected things you hang on the wall. I don't... You know, you know mm. how uh, sometimes <clears throat> here's what I think about people like us. You've heard of autistic savants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Owen's you know, accusing me of being autistic all the time. Well, nerds, we're telling, not quite autistic, but we just seem that little, way to everybody. Yeah. No, I think there is a difference. Uh-huh. Right. Because there's you know how we have massive disconnects with like mm-hmm. for me, like fashion, you know, <laughs> like cars. Like I don't do it. I don't know. I've never, you know, somebody's like, oh, this car is amazing. I, I just, yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah, I but mean, some of that's just finite space. You know, it's like your time is devoted to nerdy stuff sometimes. And then yeah, you might yeah. have some extra areas, but, you know. So it's not disability. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I'm not it. convinced it's disability. <laughs> so I, yeah. I think that's a stereotype. But I was I thinking know. eccentric. Like, I don't know what, you know, instead of autistic, eccentric. And instead mm-hmm. of savant, like, what what's a lesser <laughs> like Savantism, smarty pants. I don't yeah, know. I know. Eccentric smarty pants. There you go. That's it. <laughs> so this one's not actually. This one behind here. That's not even. That's not collected. That's uh, um, my wife's sister is oh, a painter. She's an artist. That's always good. Although she does all a... computer stuff now. So oh, okay, but it's sense. good when you have a friend or a family member that's an artist. I know a lot of people with that benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, my my best friend in uh, childhood. Growing up, this caddy's two years older than me, Darren Brown. He ended up being a naval officer uh, in the subfleet. His wife is a is a flight attendant, but also an artist. And I mean, their house is just like you know, amazingly covered in nice paintings. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who's an artist, and we he took me to art shows, and it's just like it really made me convinced that uh, like. The expensive art is kind of like a scam. <laughs> that's Dude. what I got. Of it. I feel that way. I feel like, that way about it. I see this cool thing. It was like, oh, that's so awesome. It was like, oh, no, that's been done already. And, <laughs> and right. then I saw this other one. It was like a stack of boxes. And I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. And he's like, yeah. no, you don't get it. It's a reference because he's so famous that this is super brilliant. Oh, man. It's like, so Dude. who you are, you get like a stack yeah, of boxes. Totally a scam. And suddenly, yeah. like, <laughs> you know what else I think is a scam? Jewelry. Jewelry. Dude, oh, I just yeah. don't get yeah, it. Of course. I don't get Because we can what... make it a lab now. I mean, diamonds are the ultimate. Yeah, like, but why? Like... I mean, I just don't. I'm, you know, <laughs> gold's a good conductor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Diamond, I, I mean, think you the origins of it bidding. is money makes sense because it's like they're hard to destroy. They don't oh, yeah, burn money. and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. But, then but now, I mean, we're in the modern jewelry. world where it's like, to, you know. To pay, you know, a lot of money for a diamond, for a clear rock to me, just I, I just mm-hmm. don't, you know. They're even doing new things where they, like, they know that they can be made now so easily that they're doing new things like authentic diamonds where they laser inscribe a serial number on it to somehow like prove it's valuable. It's like at that point, what are you doing? I know. <laughs> hey man, it? well, a molecule isn't a molecule. It's <laughs> like, you know. The worst part is they don't even, they're not even forever. They actually burn. I'm sure you know that. I've seen yeah, it. There's a, YouTube, there's a YouTube video where a guy like burns up a knife. How does he do it? What does he use? Uh, he put it in some a torch? Blow, with a blowtorch. Blow yeah, yeah, and it burns away. How do they burn? What does the burn look like? Uh, is it just like bright charcoal Yeah. Oh. I think it was bright orange. <laughs> yeah, matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to make some jewelry out of dark matter. Oh, that would be good. Is yeah. it going to be fluffy? New, uh, neutronium. It's going to look great. like an afro. <laughs> 
Neutronium would make a great diamond. Hey, you know, so it's somebody like, asked me it's, like, it's a tiny little dot. <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> it weighs 80 pounds. I, and it's like, what's it's neutronium? Just, is it just like a new, new like, like what's inside a neutron matter? star? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's not stable, but no, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but somebody asked me this. Uh, I didn't know the answer. I, I, I mean, I don't know if anyone knows the answer. But uh, well, since our conversation, if I don't know, I'll be honest and I'll say I don't yeah. know. Well, so. here's the thing: Why does dark matter not clump uh, as tightly as normal matter? Is it because it can't radiate? Is it? Uh, yeah, because it can't radiate. That was yep, my that guess. That one I do know. That one. See, yep. I didn't. Yep. I didn't know. I didn't know that. That's my like. Let me no, figure out how things that, work. It's okay. It's actually related to my thesis, even though my thesis oh, really? had nothing to do with dark matter. Okay. Uh, it had to do with uh weekly interacting yeah. matter because uh there's a lot uh. of, there's one of the things that people are trying to make observation on is uh especially since we haven't found any dark matter which was supposed to be how we we're supposed to find it you know the the idea is right. there's three ways you can do it you can take matter that we have yeah collide it together in a collider some intermediate particle come out and then something either flies off with missing energy or okay. it turns back into something else and that new interaction is the so thing wait a minute. so basically you're saying you'll see new uh, uh, you will either see missing energy or you will see a um a particle like like the the decay tree or whatever is yeah we'll go back into regular matter and you, and then you can see from the way it's behaving that it's not one of the standard particles and oh, okay and if it's so weak enough decay, it could be dark so matter. the decay of the dark matter particle would be distinguishable from the decay right. of an and equivalent so, ma mass energy right well so particle. less than the decay more the collision so like colliding and then seeing the results the part that right. I was working on was looking oh, right, right. for in decays of oh, like neutrons so the idea oh, we were looking is like oh you watch a neutron decay. We know how it does in the standard model, right. but uh, so one of the things I, I look for for my thesis was like there's a slight change if there's a different symmetry to the way it decays. Oh, so I instead see. of it being a vector, axial vector, that's just the yeah. the type of, of interaction oh, so that's this in is the standard a, this model. Is like the There'd be something else, yeah. and that something else could be a dark matter okay. candidate. Because that's the thing about dark matter uh, decay, right, is the fact that it does interact via the weak interaction. Well, so they're, it, they're losing hope for that. But, but, but I mean, that so was the idea. They, yeah, that was the idea. Yeah. Now and so that's what, now that they're was backtracking, related, yeah. it might just be... A weak interaction instead of Wait, you know, remember the weak with the capital W. Didn't New Star have some signal that they were claiming was yeah yeah they were and yeah. unfortunately that's also disappeared yeah. now. So yeah. they yeah. they were looking for uh, dark matter colliding with other dark matter and then giving off matter we can see. Okay, uh, so and then and then so finally, uh, so that's the type they were looking for in this other model of dark matter where they're saying okay look maybe it radiates a little bit so not in the center like mm. the way news new matter uh sorry new star was was trying to look for it. but maybe it just occasionally gives off energy so that instead of a like a perfect sphere you know like yeah. the halo model where it's a big ball around the, the what if it's not as flat as the disc you know the way the the actual matter is yeah but what if it flattens a little bit and so that was what they were trying to see is like what oh. are the limits on how slightly flat it gets oh, if I it see. just occasionally radiates off so there's there is actually like a continuum oh, there where they're looking for it but you know i don't think we have enough way to to yeah. measure that at the moment either yeah. so because you know i'll tell you man so the the other thing that i've <clears throat> i'm puzzled by is a couple of things i'm puzzled by so one is uh, I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? <laughs> why, why, uh, why it doesn't turn into a disc? Well, here's another example of yeah. what, one of the reasons. So oh, in a I galaxy, everything now. spins the same way, right? Like 
but yeah. dark matter it it goes through itself all the oh, time. Oh, if it doesn't collide, so, yeah, it's, it never collisional. Yeah, the collision rate is so non-existent like, yeah, that yeah. Uh, you know it, it never it never changes direction. It's just oh. always. I mean, it will change direction when it goes around a planet, like I mean, or a sun, yeah, you know. But it right. won't. It'll it'll the, the it'll stuff f- going it, it left space exact, time, but it doesn't feel collisions. Yeah, there's so no momentum they, exchange. They always just pass through yeah, each other. Whereas, right. like you know, with the solar system, the dust runs into itself, so and it eventually here, makes planets, and so, they all go the same way. Right, right. So here's what I'm thinking. So we have fields that exist, right? And so up to now, all the fields have been associated with the, you know, electric fields, electric charge, magnetic fields, electric charge. Space is a field, gravity, you know, gravitational waves, curvature of space. So now we have the Higgs field, right? And so what is the origin of the Higgs field and also a potential inflaton field, right? The origin field. I can't answer that kind of question. So it's just a <laughs> property of space. It's just yet another property of space. Uh, one but thing I like space? about it is it because here's the thing: well, we talk about spaces. If no, there's I don't one know space, that it is. What if there uh, are embedded, <laughs> multiply embedded, and so it's, it's how it's, it's about all about coupling. Like if space is is really a mesh of various spaces, and then it's various ways to couple to these various ones, mm-hmm. and so the the space space because because it's weird that even the uh, you know when you think about it the equivalency of um, inertial mass and uh, gravitational mass, mass if it is, is there I don't know there's a lot well, of I mean as, as far as it's been measured right I haven't yeah, seen any yeah yeah but it's actually really hard to measure so uh, there's is, a lot of proposals still. for experiments using neutrons. And ultra cold mm. neutrons and stuff like that to test that because yeah. there really is the possibility when you have a, a weak particle like the or weakly charged particle like a neutron, yeah. but it's very heavy, you can start to look mm. for that. Same, uh, there's another one where they're trying to make anti hydrogen and yeah. they want to measure. I thought they, could, they, they, I thought they successfully yeah, made it. Yeah, they make it, yeah. but the experiment that they're going to start is seeing does anti hydrogen gravitate the same way? I thought I saw so that. Basically they, like, I, thought I, saw, I thought I saw an announcement about that. Oh, uh, when? I, I thought, I don't. In the last couple of days, I have no, I, not in the last couple of days. More earlier than I that, I saw a talk about it recently, and they didn't okay. have a measurement. They didn't yet. have a measurement yet. Yeah. Maybe I saw, but they're yeah. they're definitely. Uh, it, I mean, they're finally doing the. They're going yeah. to do the experiment, and the idea there is like, yeah, it's like a basic assumption of Einstein's uh, theory of gravity that that matter and antimatter both behave the same way, but it's not. So have really they measured the inertial like, masses you could, of the uh, particles? Because I mean, if if they're pushing yeah, them around they with lasers, really well. yeah, yeah, that they measure really well. Yeah. But um, but you gotta they they gotta have net zero charge because the charge of anything is so strong that if you right. if you exactly. don't have net zero charge, yeah. it flies off and exactly. you can't measure gravity. But yeah. with anti hydrogen, which is like a uh, for our listeners is like an anti proton and, and an electron bound together, um, there there isn't any net. Uh, charge there so they can see if it falls at the same rate or right. if it even goes the opposite direction yeah, yeah another funny one that we haven't actually measured is that electrons have gravity i mean it's it's like it's right it's, it's crazy because like when you go weigh something yeah. you're weighing the nucleus almost yeah. completely and the electrons contribute right. very little yeah. and uh so we don't know well, if they participate their, that well their <laughs> momentum and I, I i mean if you measure their de Broglie wavelength is that a measurement does that well, count their mass as is well known for sure okay. yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, mass yeah. of the electrons known but knowing their well, gravitational I mean, mass oh the gravitational not, mass yeah right, yeah right right because it yeah. all stems from the you know from the gravitational constant yeah. uh big g newton's constant yeah it's just so poorly measured it's yeah. like to measure it on earth is so difficult like you have to get a giant thing of lead and then you very slowly wow. see if it moves toward like right. there's those pendulum experiments yeah. they never get very accurate results huh. so like what's the what's the precision 
I think you it's know? about four digits. That really? Yes. <laughs> so it's one of the worst oh, known things. Man. That's why this is so hard. Wow. <laughs> this is yeah. why you can't even answer a basic thing. Like, yeah. does the electron even participate? Yeah, I remember gravity? when it was like, that. Uh, it's supposed to. Right. It absolutely yeah, yeah, is yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah, because yeah. of the. Because, that's the, because you know what? That would say a lot about the nature of space, too. Because imagine, you know, space is so strong, it can support supermassive black holes, but yet it's so sensitive. Yeah. And it could, you know, electron get, makes the uh, per- perfect curvature. Yeah, so it could if you go can measure, from being totally weak to yeah. just like well, ripping everything apart. So you know how the speed of a wave is given by the square root of the uh, the the in, on a string, the square root of the tension over the, the length, m- or mass density, mass, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, uh-huh. or the bulk modulus density over bulk modulus, right? So if you could look at the uh, gravitational mass of an electron then does that give you a measurement of the bulk modulus of space so that then you could derive the speed of light from the properties of space well i don't know if you could do the experiment with it though i mean we definitely can't look at like the the effect of electrons on space-time because it's like way too small but that's what i'm saying but if we could basically you could is what I'm saying, right? If you if that experiment, so now that's okay. So now we found an experiment worthy of our lives, <laughs> yeah. an experimental goal. Uh, We're going to measure the gravitational mass of, of the an electron. electron. I, so I, what have you created? I, there are some ways. To what is do a bound, I have some suggestions. What is a bound electron positron pair? Is that yeah? Work? That's what I was gonna, that's called oh. positronium. And I've, wait, positronium I've, is, yeah. the, is the bound state of an electron and positron? Yep. Yep. Ah, I've heard yeah, positronium. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize so that's that would what it was. be a great way to do it. Okay. Big problem right now though is it only lasts for uh, like a few hundred nanoseconds. About even so nanoseconds. Why? You can't get a sufficient vacuum. Uh, it just has to because oh, because it's so neutral. No, you no, can't no. They no. They just there's some you know in quantum mechanics there's some uh when you solve for the hydrogen atom you get that there's some probability that the two will interact at the the center (laughs) the potential does not go does not blow up near the near zero like it does for no it doesn't blow up but it's finite and so there's basically there's some probability per unit time that the two will uh will just overlap and it it involves the fine uh fine structure constant Mm. so they actually you can it's one of the neat it's uh one of the most accurate things you can calculate actually because it's uh uh, it comes right out of QED, you know, quantum electrodynamics, mm. and you can calculate that probability. So Jeez. it's actually predicted really well how long it was yeah. it will last. Huh. But um, and this is in the long lived so state. Can you by the focus way, too. It to, can you focus it? Can you focus the electron? And well, there's so the the possibility is that uh, this all happens in what's in you know in chemistry called the one S state, where yeah. it's just they're they're the lowest energy right. state. If you go past that to any other energy state, there actually is, becomes a near zero chance they'll interact at the center. Oh, okay. So the possibility might be if we could excite it into an excited state, like a, a like sort of a, like an energize it with a laser or something yeah. like that. Huh. Then you might be able to have it last several seconds, and you hmm. might be able to start to see if it goes down. So you just need so hot love electrons. Do, uh, so what about yeah, what about what about okay? Pot, so think about this: what if you look at an intergalactic medium of a galaxy cluster? I mean, you know, you know, there's got to be positronium in there somewhere. Yeah, I got to be positronium in there somewhere, right? So, (laughs) unfortunately, it just it it decays. Laser. No. (laughs) Well, what's what's hilarious is it gives off five hundred five eleven kV gammas. That's actually if if one point two. Yeah, yeah. One point oh two. Yeah. If you ever, if anybody ever sees like a Geiger counter or anything, like half the time that's the background of the world (laughs) or the gamma background because there's actually positron. You don't realize this, Mm. but there's. 
uh, you know, there's a, there's electrons and anti-electrons being made all the time. <laughs> like By what process are the anti-electrons being made? Uh, there's a yeah. whole bunch. Um, uh, Periscape is one. Uh, um, some uh, A lot of radioactive elements. So just radioactive off. elements. Okay. Yeah, a lot of them, yeah. they, they inverse beta decay, right, so they just right. pop out a positron, just yeah. jumps out of the nucleus right, for no right. reason. Yeah. Uh, no, there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> right, there, Something there's, happened. There's a <laughs> yeah, so we're just, you know, the room's filled with them. Because right. yeah. it's the, one of the well, it's I mean, most common. Well, it's filled common. with a lot of things, right? Yeah. I mean, there's all kind of, yeah, that's, a, that's the craziness of our universe, is that at that macro, microscopic scale, it's like, you don't even have to invoke the quantum foam, right? It's seething uh, with, you know, neutrinos, yeah. muons, Every, you know, radiation up. from all the matter around us. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And then, then there's space doing what it's doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we got to do this positive. So tell me experiment. this, man. Tell me this. We need an acronym though. Quantum entanglement across time. Is that what deja vu is? I don't know enough is? about that stuff. I know. Me either. But I if can't. you think about. You know, if you can quantum entanglement across space, <laughs> shouldn't you be able to quantum entangle across time? I mean, don't you have premonitions and deja vus? Is that, you know? Oh, that would be awesome. It's, it's almost like, because when you think about it, right, there is epigenetics uh-huh. <laughs> and then there's quantum. Dude, <laughs> we've, we've uncovered the scientific basis for prophecy. No. <laughs> it's quantum entanglement in time. Quantum That's entanglement awesome. and, well, yeah, and epigenetics. <laughs> it's, the, it's the combination. All right. <laughs> Nerd humor, man. It's, uh, <laughs> I hope your listeners get it. Yeah. This one got real deep, you guys. With no comedians around to, <laughs> to, to, to bring us back down to earth. We, yeah, uh, yeah. We I know intense. what you're doing while you're listening to this. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show again. Hakeem, it's always a pleasure. You're so fun to talk to. Ditto, man. It's um, always good to talk to a real physicist who yeah. uh, can play with <laughs> ideas and is not stuck in the, uh, the little box of reality. Yeah. <laughs> Got out of that box a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> All Kevin, right. thank thanks you, Thanks for being man. on the show. Awesome. All right.